not business as usual this morning. I'm just going to share for a few minutes. That's all we have. But, but uh, um, I, just, I have this, just a sense that the Holy Spirit is going to do what he's going to do with, uh, without, uh, without it having to be business as usual, without it having to be perfect. I just encourage you to be open to that this morning. I wanted to talk about... Um, I wanted to talk about something that I guess I'm going through my own life as I begin to, to um, just over the last couple of weeks, we've just been talking to people and, and uh, the subject of prayer just keeps coming up. And uh, I began to just relook at it and revisit, you know, God, what does your word say about prayer? Because I know what I think about it, but what does your word say? And as I be- began looking at the word and talking with other people, I just realized that there's a whole lot of stuff that maybe I thought I know that, I, that maybe I don't. And uh, I, I met with a friend this week, and we were, we were having this conversation. He's been praying about something, and he just said, you know what? I, I, I've been praying and praying and praying for this thing to happen. It's not happening. And he says, you know, I, I, he just figures, you know, the Bible says that God knows, you know, everything. So what's the point? He says, he already knows what's going to happen, so why bother praying? What's the, what's the point? He says, it's powerless. He says, he can't change God's mind. And, and he says, so, so why pray? Is the word, and he says, you know, the Bible says, oh, that the word, that, that prayer is, there's power in prayer. But he says, but I'm not seeing it. So he's like, is it, is it powerful or is it pointless? He said, I don't know. I thought about that. I thought that, you know, the word of God does talk about the fact that there is a, there's power in prayer. James chapter 5, uh, it, 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 um, James says to, um, to them, he says, if you're going through tough times, it says, if you're going through, I know all these verses are all going to be messed up this morning. Sorry, Simone. But in James chapter 5, it just says, if you're going through tough times, pray. If you're going through serious adversity in your life, he says, pray. Then he goes on to talk about a, a couple other things, but he comes back to it. And, and he says, it's, it's the, the effective, fervent prayer of righteous men makes tremendous power available. He said that it's not, it's not this, um, this idea that the, the prayer is so powerful. Sometimes we think, oh, it's got to be the right words. We've got to say the right things. And then it's going to kind of work out. And we, we really work out this thing. He didn't say that. He says it's, it's, the, it's the effective, fervent prayer. It's this per- passionate pursuit uh, of God in, in prayer that makes tremendous power available. And it, it's, it's active and it's working uh, is what he says in, in James. And then he says, and just in case you think that's for somebody spiritual, let me, bring you to a, let me bring you to a story. And he goes back to the Old Testament. He talks about a man named Elijah. And for those of you who, who went to Sunday school as a kid, man, those are the best stories. Elijah did crazy stuff. He was like Jesus before his time. He, um, he would do, um, do amazing miracles and, and he was a prophet. And it, it just says this in, in um, James chapter 5. It says, listen, Elijah was a man just like you. Jesus was, you know, as, as, um, had, had shared about the, the, the fact of Moses and Elijah being uh, just some important people from the past and realizing that James picked up on it and said too, listen, the, they may have been centered out, but they were men like you. They struggled with the things that you struggle with. They had temptations and, and weights on their life that you struggle with. That's, that was all the same. But it says there was something about this guy. It said he prayed. And it says when he prayed, uh, he was able to stop the weather for three and a half years. And have you prayed any prayers like that lately? Some of you are like, wow, it didn't rain at Labor Day. Wow, you know, the, the, our inflatable guy called up and he's like, uh, well, actually, we called him because he never showed up with our inflatables. And we're like, hey, you know, um, uh, are you guys delivering them? Oh, we thought it was canceled. It's pouring rain here. I'm like, he says, it must be raining there. I'm like, no, it's not raining here. So he comes over and he's like, 
uh, and he says, what kind of event are you doing? It's like a church event. And he's like, wow, I can't believe there's no rain here. I was like, you know, we prayed about that. And I was like thinking, man, that's, um, that's sweet. But you know what? I'm not saying that's the reason, but it, it was maybe somebody else prayed about that. But I haven't prayed the weather to stop uh, anytime uh, lately, and I don't know if I will be able to anytime soon. But this guy did. Not just, oh, that it wouldn't rain for a day, that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years. And says Elijah, he says he prayed again that it would rain after that, after they had this amazing mountaintop experience uh, and proved that God was true. He, he began to pray, and, and it said that God had just shown himself uh, by, by sending down fire from heaven, burning up a, a soaking wet sacrifice in front of all kinds of unbelievers. He said after this, um, he, he said Elijah went to pray. You'd think at that point, he'd be like, man, God, you can do anything. But it says he began, to, he began to pray for rain. He sat down on the top of the mountain. He put his head between his knees and he began to pray. And he said, you know, God, let it rain. He began to pray and then he sent his servant and said, okay, go check. Let's see if God's answering the prayer. And the servant ran to the top of the mountain, looked out over the lake and saw nothing. Came back and said, no, no, no answer. God's not listening. He said, I'm not giving up. I'm going to pray again. And he, he kept praying. And he says, okay, go look. The servant ran out, came back, saw Elijah, nothing. I don't see nothing. Looks like yesterday. Okay, I'm going to pray again. He began to pray again. It says, then he went and said, send a servant again. Servant went out there, nothing, came back. Then I'm going to pray again. Sent a servant, came back. Seven times he said his servant had to go back and forth, praying for rain that they desperately needed. And all of a sudden he came back and said, well, I see the cloud, the size of a man's hand just coming up out of the, out of the lake. And Elijah's like, all right, run. God's answering. He said, well, that's tiny. It doesn't matter. Run. Get the heck out of here because it's going to come down in torrents. And sure enough, it did. Seven, you know, is often used as the, 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 the number of completion that it was, you know, and I believe that for you. If you're praying through something, you say, I don't see an answer. I prayed eight times. It's saying pray until something happens. Pray, pray, pray. And like, well, I don't really know what this whole prayer thing is. And I began to look at that myself. Luke chapter 11, if you have your Bible, you can just turn over there. But um, we're going to take a little bit of time in Luke 11, maybe Matthew 6. But Luke 11, his disciples came to him one day and said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Lord, teach us how to pray. They'd been watching Jesus pray. You know, that's something that Jesus, even though you, you look at him and go, wow, he's God. He, why is he praying so much? Um, it says he prayed all the time. Before he chose the 12 disciples, it says he prayed all night long. It says that he would get up before hours before dawn and go off to pray. So when people came to him looking for a word and for healing, he said he'd just stop the party and go off by himself and pray. Before he went through the crucifixion, before he gave his life for us in the garden, he was there praying so passionately and fervently that his sweat was blood. Just wholeheartedly in prayer. See, Elijah, it says, was a man just like us, but it says he was a man given, given to prayer. And, I, and I, as I thought about that, I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm a disciple like those disciples. And my heart for us as Kingsway Church is that we would have that same thought, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us what it means to pray, because I think there's a parts of us that, you know, we may not, we may not have it or get it. Uh, um, one of the things, you know, with teaching to, teaching to pray, I remember I was taught to pray as a kid, and I was taught, you know, there's a prayer that you pray over dinner time, and then they said there's a prayer that you pray at night, and for me and my brother, it was a race, you know, who could get through it the fastest, you know, pray for all your brothers and sisters, and then we'd pray for the red cross, and then when that, when that was, you know, we got that mastered, we'd pray for the green cross, the blue cross, the yellow cross, whatever crosses might be out there, we were praying for it, and all the people represented, uh, I started teaching my kids, and my daughter, Reese, she's six, she uh, wants to be a dancer, and uh, uh, before we pray, every night she has this, this routine, and she stands up uh, when we're about to pray, and she's like, all right, and she's like, everybody up, P-R-A-Y, pray, and uh, I'm like, 
I don't know where that came from, but all right. You know, homeschool and prayer, mixing the lessons together. It's, it's good. And she, um, she would uh, allow us to pray. Well, she's teaching her little brother Lincoln, who's four, who doesn't know how to spell. So, but he realizes he's, he's spelling something. And so he goes to the routine, but he thinks everything is spelled that way. We were playing the other day and saying, how do you spell yellow? P-R-A-Y, yellow. You know, uh, 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 he's, he's getting there. But he's, he's learning. And, and that's what I say, you know, as disciples, you're just the same. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are as much a disciple uh, as they were that day. And when they said, hey, Lord, teach us how to pray, my heart is that that would be in us as well. Uh, the great thing about Jesus is that he wanted to teach them. In Luke chapter 11, he right away just says, all right, let's talk right here, right, right now. And he begins to teach them. It's not like, uh, no, you guys didn't ask, please forget it. You know, you guys are like, just sink or swim, just figure it out yourself. And if you die trying, oh, well, he says, no, I says, I'll teach you. Sure, I will. I'll teach you what prayer is all about. And, and he begins to teach them. He says this. He says, you know, when you, when you pray, not if. <laughs> As a disciple, he says, when you pray, pray like this. Say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us to stay our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Um, forgive us our, our debts as uh, we forgive our debtors. And the disciples are probably sitting there going, wow, I think I've heard this before. Like some of you. Anybody heard that prayer before? <laughs> Says that, you know, the disciples actually did hear it before. In Mark chapter 6, there was this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And that's where Jesus had, got, had seen the crowd coming. And it says he walked up onto the mountain as disciples, the followers of him, the ones who really wanted to know and wanted to be with Jesus, walked up that mountain with them. And as they sat down, he shared with them a whole bunch of thoughts. And one of the thoughts he shared with them is this. He said, you know what? When you pray... He says, don't, don't go out and think that prayer is something you're going to do on a street corner or in a church building, you know, so that you appear spiritual to other people. He's like, don't do that. He, he says, that's not what prayer is for. Uh, if you, if you want to pray so people can hear you pray, he says, you miss out on what the reward of prayer is. I thought about that. I thought, hmm, it, it's interesting. What he wasn't saying is saying, he wasn't saying, hey, you can't pray with other people or you can't pray on a street corner. He just said, don't pray about that to appear spiritual. You know, there's all of us have people in our lives who, you know, that, that we know who are like, man, those people are like so spiritual. They can pray like 36 hours in a day. I could never do that. And we think we'll never be able to measure up to others. Never compare yourself with other people in this. Say, even if that thought comes to you right now that, that would want to discourage you. My, I have two boys, well, I have three, but I have two that are very close in age, less than a year apart, Maddox and Finley. If you were to look at them a year ago, well, Maddox has like totally got Finn, you know, beat Finn's five pounds and Max is, I don't know, bigger. But now if you look at them and you compare them, you would see that they're almost the same size. Ma Finn's head is even bigger than Max's head right now. I'm just like, I don't know how that happened. Different genes, you know, that's the DeVries side. But this, um, this, uh, this kid, right, he's like, he, he's like, what he's done in a year has like far outdone what Maddox has grown in a year. And if we were to compare the two, you know, that there would be something realizing, you know, hey, they're both still growing. Maddox is not where he was a year ago. So my encouragement to you this morning is, where are you at in this idea of prayer? Have you grown in that this week? Have you grown in that this month? My, my, my question to myself is, have I grown in that this year? Have I said a prayer since the sinner's prayer? <laughs> Since I've received Christ, where is prayer uh, uh, found its spot in my life? And why, is it, why does it matter? Why is it so important? I believe it's inc absolutely incredibly important. Um, Jesus had said to these guys, he said, hey, you know what? Don't feel like you've got to pray in front of people to be spiritual, but pray. 
He said also, don't feel like you need to say the right words because he said that to them after. Don't, don't pray like babble on thinking they're get, that God's going to hear you because you use the same words over and over again. He said, don't pray like that. He says, that's what, that's what heathens do. That's what people, you know, just who are religious do. He says, this thing is more than that. Prayer is more than that. And he said to them, he says, don't think that, you know, God doesn't know what you need. You know, my kids, it's like, you know, they come up to me like, Dad. I'm like, yeah. You know, can I have a cookie? Uh, no, we're going to have dinner. And then they think I didn't understand the request. So they're going to word it differently, more with volume. Dad. Yes. I really want a cookie. Okay. But it's dinner time, so you're not getting a cookie. Dad, I really, 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 really want a cookie. Dad, I want a cookie. Dad, I want a cookie. And they throw themselves on the floor, bang their fists on the ground. Dad, 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 I want a cookie. I'm sorry. We're done. Hey, man, you're dismissed. kids at your own risk. I'm sorry. (laughs) But all of that doesn't motivate me even a little bit more to want to give them a cookie. It's not because of the many words that, you know, there's something in me that says, oh, that's now what I really want to do. And he says, don't be like that. But he says, considering all that, he says, just realize, he says, pray. He says, in spite of all that or knowing all that, pray. Pray. And he says, and when you pray, here's a couple thoughts. He begins to tell them, go, go into your room, close the door, he says, understand that this thing is about you and God. And when you pray, he says, pray like this. He says, pray, Father, Father in heaven. He says, hallowed be your name. And he begins to share that same, same prayer. Is it because he wants you to repeat the words so you know the Lord's prayer and just pray that over and over? No. He just said, don't pray, just the words. What's he saying about this prayer? He's saying, this is what prayer is like. When you pray, pray, Father in heaven. Because there's something about that, that relationship of Father, Dad, It's not a title. It's not just, oh, that's how you address God. It's saying there's a relationship here. You're his child. You are his child. This is is bigger than just, oh, I'm praying to someone way out there. He's like, pray, Dad. Dad. See, my kids can call me Dad, but your kids can't. Why? Because they don't have that relationship. You know, when you become born again, when you become a follower of Jesus, it says his spirit comes on the inside of you, and inside of you it just puts this desire for Daddy for God as daddy in your life, if that's awkward for you, I would challenge you just to think about and say, well, what is prayer in my life? Is it this routine or is there really relationship there that I can just say, dad, here I am. Teach me how to pray. As he said that he talked about, he said, you know, pray to your father in heaven. It's also talking about who God is in your life. It says, you know, it keeps prayer, keeps the perspective of who God is in the right spot. Because for so many of us, it'll default to us. We'll want to be God. We'll pray so hard for something because we think we want it. We think that that's what we really need or what we want. And, and he had prayed, prayed some things that uh, he just says, you know, when you're praying, praying to your Father in heaven, realize who's God in your life. I was talking with somebody this week, and they were praying about something, and, and um, they weren't getting it. And they said, you know what? I go in the Bible, and I look up the Scriptures, and it says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He says, so that's what I'm doing. I'm praying because I know he's going to give me the desires of my heart. And as we talked even further, we, as we were uh, going through it, he said, you know, it's like the persistent widow. He says, I just got to keep begging and begging and begging God because that's what Jesus had talked about prayer. But what happened here is that he's saying, you know, I said, so what are you praying for? He's like, well, my, you know, my girlfriend left me and, and I really want her to come back. And I was like, okay. So, um, and I said, is she a believer? And he's like, no. 
And I was like, okay, so hold on a second. You're going to pray, you know, delight yourself in the Lord to ask God to give you something he doesn't want for your life? Something that is contrary to his will for your life? Uh, and you think that by, by praying this, what, what's happening? Uh, two things, you know, if, if God does answer that prayer, that's called slavery because it's against her will. Uh, the other thing is that it's, it's um, not, he said, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. It's be like you going to your, to your dad saying, dad, please let me drink bleach. Please let me drink bleach. Is he bad for not giving you the bleach? So he says, you know, this, this thought of keeping God as God in your life. That's hard for us sometimes. Then Jesus, you know, he said to them, pray this, let your will be done and let your kingdom come. We sang it this morning, I love it. You know, it's amazing how just some of that stuff just connects together. But you know, he wasn't praying, he's telling us to pray, oh God, let, let your kingdom come. You know, maybe allow it to happen. That's like me going over to, you know, Bob's house and saying, Lori, can Bobby come out to play? And she's like, no. You know, so, well, sometimes she says yes. You know, that, that, would be, um, that, that, that would be that type of, oh, please allow something to happen. It'd be more like this, like me going over there and saying, Lori, Bob and I, we're going fishing. And uh, she's like, oh, okay, I guess with, well, he's pretty confident about that. All right, I guess see you, Bob. We'll see you in a bit. Same idea. Saying there's a declaration of God, your kingdom come in my life. I'm speaking, you know, we talked about that power of life and death are in your tongue, but it's that, it's that proclamation of saying, you know what, God, your kingdom, as it is in heaven, I'm open to that here in my life, and I'm speaking that into my life, not just what everything else is going on around me. He says, and God, your will be done in my life, not my own will, not whatever else. And sometimes people think, oh, this is a, okay, God, I'm just surrendered to whatever your will might be. He's saying it's not that idea at all. It's the idea of I know what your will is and I believe that and claim that in my life today. Your will be done. Your will uh, happen in my life. I, I, I want to share that with you this morning because what happens to most of us is that we've become anemic in our prayers because we don't have this, this understanding of what his will is. We pray, God, let your will be done. And, you know, if it doesn't get answered, well, I guess, you know, we pray, God, I want this, I want this, or I need this, I need this. And then when that doesn't happen, we just go, like, oh, I guess it's not God's will. I would tell you that, that, you know, that we talked about a couple weeks ago, the word is alive. Allow the word to become alive on the inside of you that you know what the will of God is and pray that, pray that powerfully. We talked about the weapons of, our, of, um, of uh, the word a couple weeks ago, that the sword, the, the word of God is the only aggressive weapon that we have. And it's no good to us unless we know it. It's no good unless it's coming from here, not just from a page. We talked about that, that part. And you know, as we talked about in Ephesians, it says, take up the helmet of salvation. Take the breastplate of righteousness. Take up the armor of God, especially the sword of the Spirit. Well, the verse right after that says, pray. <laughs> Having all of that, pray with all kinds of prayer. This morning, we're not touching everything. We're going to miss all kinds of stuff, but realizing there's all kinds of prayer, but part of it, there's this prayer of, uh, of God, keep me from the evil one. There's this prayer of, of battle and realizing, you know what? Um, Jesus, for instance, when he was in the garden, he prayed about uh, uh, prayers as he, just before he was about to go to the cross. What did he pray? As he was about to go through the worst, you know, part, uh, uh, worst trial of his life, he prayed this, Father... If there's any possible way that this doesn't have to happen, if there's any possible way that I don't have to do the cross, please let that be the case. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to have to die that way. I know what that's like. I don't want to do it, but not my will, but yours be done. He came back and saw his buddy sleeping. Realized, oh man, they're not with me. I'm going to go and pray again. He goes and prays. And the second time he says, God, if this is the only way, then I'm in. He says, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm in. Not my will, yours. He says he prays that three times. 
You know, is, is he psyching himself up for it? No, but I believe there was a surrender to that. The fact that he said, you know what, I can do the cross. I can go through that whole situation, this whole thing, and never give up. Well, I believe that, that part of that happened in the garden where it was this surrender to, you know what, God, I, I'm confident that this is your will for my life, and I'm going to walk through it. You're like, say, well, that's Jesus. Now, let me be very, very clear with this one thought. Some of you might think that, you know, well, Jesus, because he had to go to the cross, well, that was the will of God for his life. The will of God was not the cross. That wasn't, you know, just for the sake of, oh, let's have, you know, let's have a bloody show in the desert. That's going to be what this cross is all about. That wasn't God's will. God's will in that was that his life would be a sacrifice, had to be given. That was the only way that you and myself can be here today that salvation could come to us, that we could become alive in Christ. That was the only way. That's why it was his will. When you're facing great trials in your life, the trial is not the will of God for your life. It's not. There's something on the other side of it. There's something there. I would, I would want to encourage you because some would say, oh, you know, I've prayed about this and it, does, it hasn't happened, so it must be God's will. Don't forget that we have an enemy. Don't forget that in 1 Peter he says the devil is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't forget that John chapter 10 verse 10 says the enemy came to kill, to steal, and destroy. Those are big words from a nasty enemy and that's him. But he says I've come that you might have life. That you would have it, that you would have it in abundance. That's why I came. That's why I gave my life. Realize what my will is. I'm not willing that any would perish. I'm willing that all would come to eternal life. But the thing is he's saying proclaim that in your life. Say, God, I, I know your will and I proclaim that. Let your will be done. Let it be done in my life as it is in heaven. And never give up on that. You say, well, my experiences have shown me otherwise. I've prayed for things I haven't seen them happen. You know, the Bible just talks about in Romans, it said in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter what experience has told you. The word of God, if we can't get to the place where we just say, this is true, I believe this, and I will hold to this no matter what circumstance or situation happens in my life, I will hold to this, we're going to be in some trouble. I believe prayer becomes secondary to us, this actual thought of prayer, when we don't realize that this is what's true. I want to stir that up in your hearts again as he's stirring it up in mine. That this idea of prayer isn't, you know, it's, it's crazy. I can't find a single verse in the Bible where they prayed for the sick. Nowhere. I'm wrestling with that right now because that's all we do. It says they just healed them. It says that, that, uh, that they just healed the sick. Jesus never prayed for people. He just healed them. It says uh, the apostles in the book of Acts, they didn't pray for anybody. They just healed them. And I'm looking at that going, man, how come? What's going on? But I want that. And he says, that's what comes out of this idea of prayer. Spending time with your Father. Just getting close to Him. Allowing Him to download His heart, His compassion, His Holy Spirit, His power into your life. That's what the reward of prayer is. Saying, get out of just the prayer of in this corporate place and get to the secret place where God just sees in secret and He'll reward that openly. And I'll confess that that has been a part of my life that has not been very strong because I believe the lies. But as it stirs up in me this morning, it's conviction for me to stay in that place. Of, of relationship and praying, spending time with God. Did you realize that in, out of those time frames of prayer there, less words are required here. Less words are required in the situations we face. It's not about begging God. It's about living in that victory. I can't say that I got it all together this morning. I can't. I can't say that I'm spiritual. I can't say that I've figured this whole thing out. But I believe the Word of God. 
I believe that what he says is true. I believe that I'm a man like Elijah, that great and powerful things can be done through my life. I believe that for you. I believe you're an Elijah, that great and powerful things can be done through your life. But the part that we're missing is that part of just staying connected to him, staying in that place of just allowing Holy, um, God and Holy Spirit to change who we really are. Last thought. Prayer, he says, you know, give us our daily bread. He said this just keeps us in the right relationship with God, keeps trust as the right thing in our lives. Some of us, we don't need to pray that. We have a job. <laughs> you know, I don't need to pray every day because I'm starving. But he's saying, listen, this prayer, all that it does is it's saying it keeps this trusting in him, knowing that he's my provider and it's without him, I am nothing. You know, in Philippians chapter 4, it just said, don't worry about anything. Let me just ask you this morning, just take, a, take, take a, just a mental check back of your week. From last Sunday till now, has there been anything you worried about? What have you worried about? You worry about your wife leaving you? You worry about your kids, what they're into? You worried about, you know, where your next meal's coming from, maybe? You worry about that child growing in your womb? What do you worry about? Philippians 4 just says, don't worry about anything. Any of those fall under anything? This became lights on for me when we went through our journey with Lincoln in the hospital and shared that with you so many times. But as we laid there in, those, in that bed and realizing I can't do anything, he said, don't worry. Do not worry about anything. But he says, but what? With prayer, with supplication, with this connection with God. Let your petitions be made known with thanksgiving. Not thankful for the situation I'm in, but thankful that God is with me in it. He says, and going through that, he says, you know what? It says, as you pray those things, then everything that, that uh, you want, you're going to get. Or does it? It says something, though doesn't say you're going to get the answer you're praying for, but it says this, that the peace of God that passes all understanding, that does not make any sense, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You see people going through really rough stuff, and you're like, how the heck are they at peace? How are they keeping their heads? How are him? It says that you draw near and close to him, pray, he's going to carry you through. We don't know the outcome. We're going to find out. But you know what? There's a journey on the way, saying just praying through that. The last thought, is this that, you know, he says, forgive us our, our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Prayer just keeps our right relationships with, with each other. And as we begin to just say, God, I just want to seek you. I want to know you. I want to spend that time with you. He brings this up. He brings this up and says, listen, you know what? At the end, uh, he, he, he talks about if, if you forgive those around you, I can forgive you. If you don't forgive those around you, I can't forgive you. I believe it's actually where we started this morning with this deal of offense. It's where we end as well. You know, Jesus, when he went to his own hometown, says he couldn't do any miracles there. He couldn't heal a few people. That's it. Why? He couldn't do anything great there. It says two things. One, they were offended at him. And two, they had unbelief. So he couldn't do anything there. This is God. This is Jesus. This is like, you know, God on the planet. And he couldn't do something. Why? Because his hands were tied because of, it says because of offense and because of unbelief. It tells me something. My heart this morning for you is if that rang true in you, to let whatever that is go. It ain't worth it. Oh, you don't know how they wronged me. doesn't matter. We've wronged him way worse. He's willing to forgive. I would encourage you this morning. I know that this is like a shotgun message. There is bullets and points all flying out everywhere, and I apologize. It's not neat and clean. But I believe that Holy Spirit, if whatever one just grabs you, speaks to right here to do something about that today. My heart is that, say, we would, we would be inspired again to say, God, 
that we would be those men and women like Elijah. It's not this idea of, oh, I've got to give up so much. It's what could we, what could we attain in knowing him? What could we attain in prayer? What could we grow in as we begin to be in that spot? I, I just want to speak that over you this morning. I pray again, uh, like we said at the beginning, that Holy Spirit would just speak that into, into you and finish uh, and do that inside of you. This morning, you know, I'd love to just end this and just pray and say, okay, you know what, here we go. But I believe I'd be doing the wrong thing. So I'd ask you this morning to do that. I would ask you to take one minute right now to just between you and God, pray. Just talk to him for one minute. Maybe about where you're at right now. Maybe about what's affected you through this message. Maybe about the last time you were here. (laughs) Why don't you take one minute this morning and just talk to him. Let's do that together. Dad, I know your heart is for your kids to grow. This morning, we just come to you just as we are. No one's not about us but you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to teach us how to pray. As people set aside time to seek you out, call on you that you would teach us that you'd make us more like you bring us under the lordship of Jesus each and, each and every day may this thing be about each person here and you that none would get lost in the crowd thank you for your word this morning thank you that it's alive and powerful and I just proclaim that over this group of, of people this morning thank you for this family Thank you for each one of them and what they bring. I pray you bless them today as they leave this place. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. It's amazing. God, we walk out and we live out in that today for the glory of your name. We proclaim that your will would be done in our lives, that your kingdom would come in our lives, and that that would spread to those around us uh, this week as we live this life with you. For your glory and your fame. We live for you this week, starting today in your name. Amen.